Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 231 of The Body Nerd Show. And on today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Michael Ujoa, and we're talking about how to spot BS on the internet, why the phrase, it depends, is the best thing ever, and how to bridge the gap between fitness professionals and regular people who just want to move better and feel better. Now, if I had a dollar for every time somebody lied on the internet, I would be rich. (laughs) And in the world of health and fitness, like BS is rampant. It's everywhere, right? Exercises that are going to fix your belly pooch in one day and don't eat this because this vegetable is going to kill you. And there's just like, there's so much nonsense on the internet especially in the health and fitness world. So when today's guest, Michael Ujoa, stumbled into my feed, I knew it was a match made in body nerd heaven. He was standing in his kitchen with a sign written on cardboard that said, stop lying to people on the internet. And I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Michael is absolutely fighting the good fight when it comes to debunking the nonsense that he sees online. He also, I post it to my stories all the time. He has a walking pad in his office that he just gets ridiculous on and it is hilarious and also all very true in the way that he debunks these these lies. Like people are lying to you. People with no experience and no certifications and no degrees are lying to us on the internet. And while Michael and I have a pretty keen eye on what to spot and what to look for and how to know that this is nonsense, it's probably harder if you too don't have a degree in exercise biology or a background in occupational therapy or personal training or nutrition coaching and all the things that Michael does as well. So let's talk about it. In this conversation, he's going to walk us through what we need to know when it comes to spotting BS on the internet. We had way, way too much fun. So enjoy my conversation with UK-based personal trainer and performance nutritionist, Michael Ujoa. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. I know this conversation is going to be awesome for many of us because we are all in the soup of social media and seeing some of the nonsense that is posted there. There's never a break in stupidity on the internet. So yeah, thanks for being here. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, anytime someone gives me a platform to come and chat about the nonsense we see on social media, I'm I'm there. So thank you so much. Yeah, there's a post that you put up of she's like a a world class cyclist, and then this person in the comments was correcting the height of her seat, and I'm like. I don't think it matters if she's still like a 10 time (laughs) world champion. Um, But, you know, people be peopling with opinions forever on the internet. Yeah. So that's Daniela Riff. I apologize if I'm butchering her surname there. Um, But yeah, she's like 10 times Ironman and Ironman 70.3 world champion. And some random man on the internet thought, (laughs) I know, I feel like I need to 
him like tell her that she's not doing something right with her saddle. Yeah, right. it just blows my mind. Yeah, I'm sure he has a garage like <laughs> full of bicycles too. Right. Yeah. One of the comments underneath it was like, "Oh yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like we should still be able to comment and correct people if we think they're right because I ride a bike. It's like, well, well done, well done, sir. You ride a bike. <laughs> I've ridden a bike once, 15 years ago. I am obviously qualified for this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> people are something. So your background is in nutrition and personal training, but I know you also have some experience in occupational therapy. Can you tell us a little bit about how, how did you end up here? Yeah. So yeah, I trained as an occupational therapist and I worked as that for about three years. And I don't know, I, I never saw myself doing it long term. Um, and I'm one of these people that is always wanting to be happy with the work that I do as cheesy <laughs> as it is. So um, my, I'm originally from kind of South coast of England. My wife was studying, girlfriend at the time, was studying up in Edinburgh. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to move up to Edinburgh for a year, do something that sounds really fun and figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I trained quickly as a personal trainer because personal training courses are very short. <laughs> yeah. um, and 10 years later, I'm still personal training. I've done further education in nutrition, most recently kind of a, a postgraduate diploma in performance nutrition. So I work with kind of your everyday person up towards your kind of high-end um, performance athletes as well. And it was just kind of a nice, oh, this seems fun. And then, oh, actually, I really like doing this. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and yeah, I, I think once you hit the kind of past the three or four year mark as a personal trainer, I think it counts as a veteran yeah. uh, in the fitness industry. So yeah, it's fun. So I, I worked in kind of big box gyms initially, then started up my own personal training business, had a few other coaches working for me. And then social media started to do quite well and had people reaching out from across the pond wanting to work with me and and then I transitioned into online personal training kind of just pre-COVID lockdowns. Mm -hmm. And now I'm 100% online and worked with people in about 20 different countries or so. And, oh, wow. and here I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also too, like one thing about the internet and the pandemic, because it has really like leveled the whole world, is being able to like connect with people and work with people that, or even attend events that are now, you know, a hybrid or virtual mm -hmm. that you never would have access to otherwise. And I really have appreciated that because you get to meet so many more people, you know? It's so true. I've spoken at some brilliant events online that are based in the US. I just probably wouldn't have been able to do if um, if the internet, I don't know, COVID was awful in so many different ways, but it yeah. did propel the fitness industry forward by about like 10 years. Yeah. Um, and just the opportunities that now come up from the way that the fitness industry is set up, I, it just seems to kind of click with the way that I like to work. And um, I, I love creating stupid content on social <laughs> media that kind of breaks down barriers about kind of the intimidating factor of the fitness industry, just kind of smashing that down and being like, hey, we can be weird and have fun and it's completely fine. And you're still going to be able to reach your fitness goals without taking it really, really seriously. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of my messaging is um, just trying to simplify things basically and then trying to make things less scary for people. Yeah, because I feel like there's really extremes too. I'm thinking of like, I love him. Andrew Huberman is very mm -hmm. much like, here's the 9,000 studies and let's like go into the weeds with it. And then you have the people who are like, um, you know, this one exercise is going to target belly fat. <laughs> and they maybe have experience or certifications, but most likely they don't. And I think for us as, you know, fitness professionals, it's a little bit easier to be like, no, that's bullshit. But for mm -hmm. your regular person, it's easy to be swayed by like fancy 
videos and marketing and words. So like, how did you, I mean, cause I remember you had a post in your kitchen, right? With a piece of cardboard, just like stop lying to people on the internet. And I was like, yes. So how did this become like the, you know, this is the hill that I'm going to continue to stand on and yell at everybody about stop lying. I don't know. Like, I, I just think the amount of people, you probably get it now when you work with folk, it's very surprising now that someone comes to me for personal training or nutrition coaching who hasn't either been given some awful advice or has just been completely like smashed to bits by the fitness industry, you know, and it's not just the odd person here or there. It's literally like every person I'm working with has come, has some kind of awful story about the way they've been treated by a previous coach or the way their exercise class teacher spoke to them when they were, when they were doing a workout. And Mm -hmm. it's just really sad that so many people reach out to the fitness industry for help. We're supposed to be here for the everyday person, but the way the fitness industry is set up, it's just it's catering for fitness professionals and experienced exercises. It's not there for those people that don't really know how to read research papers and don't really know how to sift through the nonsense online. So I think if someone who like, don't get me wrong, I love the Huberman podcast and reading research papers and working with performance athletes, we can kind of fine tune the little 1% to make the huge difference. But I love being able to kind of break down all that research and just put it across to people in such a like straightforward, basic way that sometimes can be a bit boring. Hence why I wear stupid costumes and make (laughs) ridiculous videos where I take the mickey out of myself, because I think we just have to find ways to make this information palatable for the everyday Mm -hmm. person. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the fitness industry, I feel, is missing that a little bit. And it can be a little bit boring or, as I said, it is kind of targeted towards fitness professionals like you look at a lot of personal trainers content and it looks like they're trying to sell to other personal trainers it's like why are you posting millions of ab selfies or kind of talking about daily undulating periodization and all this stuff it's like no one cares Mm -hmm. so if we just can like get back to the basics make it really straightforward for people i think that's where the magic happens oh totally and i think too because like science and research has this issue as well of like not being able to communicate what they're doing to regular people and so it becomes you know like they're still on their own islands and like as you're talking to like yeah the fitness world absolutely you you know do your first training or maybe you're just someone who enjoys working out and you're considering doing this training and it's like this gap between the people who are wanting to get started or even early days. And those who are like the fitness professionals is so wide. And there are not many people who are reaching across, you know, you are, I am, but it isn't the like flashy clickbaity, like exciting stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about how to breathe in neutral. And that's not like on the going to be on the for you page anytime soon. It's so true. And unfortunately, I think a lot of those kind of big podcasts, I think even <laughs> going to criticize the Huberman podcast now, so people are going to get angry. That's I think right. <laughs> even those podcasts that have such huge success, mm-hmm. they kind of become a victim of their own success. And the way they kind of keep growing and kind of get people listening is they start kind of skirting down the, oh, there's some sort of research that shows this. I'm going to have an old episode talking about some absolute nonsense that no one's really going to need or want. So I do feel like um, so many fitness accounts start off with really good intentions, but then they start to dabble with selling certain supplements or, mm-hmm. or, or spouting some utter nonsense. So it's such a fine balance and I and I get why people do it. I'm sure you get emails from companies and you see how much they're offering to pay you to sell their absolute nonsense. And it's like, all the time. I can see why people kind of go for this I'm not going to but I can see why some people do so yeah the the industry is just 
it's just wild, isn't it? <laughs> like it's just is completely, completely wild. But um, yeah, we just have to keep banging the drum for kind of straightforward, simple advice that works, you know. And and it and it can be a little bit boring, sadly. Yeah. So <laughs> it is very much so. I'm thinking too for the body nerd listeners who are seeing these posts coming across their feed. Like, do you have any? Because I'm just trying to think of even like what I think, but like telltale signs or like how can I be skeptical about what I'm seeing as I'm scrolling? Yeah, I think when people speak in absolutes is usually the key there. Like most most good practitioners, good coaches will be like, this will work maybe, but it kind of depends on this. You know, if someone's saying this diet is going to fix X, Y, Z, they're usually talking nonsense. If someone makes a lot of wide sweeping claims about research, but there's conveniently no links to the research that they're talking about, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or the link is to some guy that wrote a newsletter or has a YouTube channel, um, then it's usually a sign that it's something you should avoid. But it's difficult, right? Like even sometimes I like to think that I can read research quite well now, but I even I'll sometimes see something and I'll be like, oh, maybe I've been wrong about that. And then you delve into it and you're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm on the right track still. So I think when people who are quite experienced in reading research and, and dissecting this information are sometimes questioning their approach, it can be so, so tough <laughs> to find ways to navigate it. I, I almost feel like you have to find a good few people in the fitness industry you can really trust um, and just like cling on to them for dear life um, and try and ignore a lot of the noise that's outside of that because it can be yeah, challenging. I don't know if you have any further advice other than that, but those tend to be like quite key points. Yeah. I think that ability to say it depends <laughs> is a huge piece yeah. of it. Cause I think of, you know, how many times on even this show, right. Going through some research, talking about it and then being like, but also it depends, you know, because mm-hmm. your lived experience of what's going on in your life and also, you know, and, and here are some things that might be like low effort and may make a change. Like, why not give it a try? Who knows? But yeah, now I'm thinking too of like so many people were like, no, this is a one way to do it. And you have to do it this way. And you're like, but do I? So I think that one, it depends. That's a really good one. Yeah, it is. It's, it's difficult. Um, if they're like a TV doctor, usually don't trust them. If they've got their own supplement line, not to say that they're, they're definitely lying to you, but I would question whether they can be fully trusted uh, with impartiality. Um, if someone starts with trying to sell you a supplement before knowing anything about you or trying to adjust any health, diet, lifestyle factors, then that's another red flag. But yeah, it can be difficult. Yeah. I think too, some of the, um, and you hinted at this as well, like the larger accounts where they almost take on like a life of their own and the people are just like, it's like a cult essentially. Right. And whatever Mm -hmm. the person at the top says goes and everybody just does it mindlessly. But I think as well, like every single one of us is an individual with unique needs and experiences and things going on and not every suggestion you see works for all people and being able to like, dabble and try stuff but also be critical of like but is this bullshit which i think the answer often is yes it is it's so true there was actually um i commented on a post the other day saying that it was nonsense and i really regretted it straight away because it was <laughs> i can't i can't remember what the instagram handle was it's probably safer not to say it. the person was a professional pianist but they'd somehow become a carnivore influencer oh, and no. that just speaks volumes and they were saying that all fruits and vegetables are inflammatory. 
I think was the claim or there's a few other claims in there as well I said it was nonsense and oh my god it is like a cult because you just have all the people that follow them just jumping straight at you having a go and it's um it can be a scary place social media it can be amazing don't get me wrong I built a business I'm meeting you here today all through social media it's fantastic but it does have a lot of downsides (laughs) yeah oh my gosh the carnivore diet like I feel like I'm hearing about that more why why are people only eating meat how did this become a thing I feel really scared for their blood work in about five years time (laughs) anyone following a carnivore diet like please don't please don't do it like you just got to look at any of the research in regards to like fruits and vegetable intake and Mm -hmm, fiber intake mm -hmm. and realize that long-term not eating any of that stuff that's really important in your diet is just not a good recipe for health and success so yeah I it's just a sad isn't it that so many people get kind of dragged into that because we've been sold so much nonsense through social media and through mainstream approach to nutrition I think people just feel a bit lost and then they'll just find an account that they think they click with and and that's it down a really dangerous route so Mm -hmm. yeah the carnivore diet is kind of right on the extreme end of the spectrum but really popular really popular very very i'm just thinking too of like vegetables being inflammatory and i'm just like you guys no (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. please no (laughs) well i just i'm thinking too even from like a anatomical standpoint of like how our gut is built and like why it has all of the pieces of it compared to like uh you know like my dog my dog is a carnivore dogs are carnivores (laughs) and yet there are people who are like no my dog's a vegan i'm like your dog is not a vegan they weren't made to be a vegan like please give your dog some steak have you seen those videos where someone who's made their dog vegan puts out like a bowl of vegetables and then like a bowl of dog meat next to them they're like the dog is going to choose the vegetables because it's now a vegan and the dog's just like straight for the meat of course oh my gosh of course he is yeah <laughs> the number one question i get within the comments and my dms and my emails is i have this issue what should i do for it and i get when you've tried icing and you've tried stretching and they're not really working you probably are looking for a simple program that you can do on your own that actually works And that's exactly why I put together the Mobility Mastery Toolkit. The toolkit includes 30 days of exercises so you know exactly what to do to improve the mobility of your hips, your lower back, your feet, your neck, and your shoulders. Plus, it comes with video demos for every single exercise and a full body mobility workout calendar so you can check it off. And again, you don't have to think about what to do. You just get it done. And with all of those resources, you're just 15 minutes a day from feeling stronger and more flexible. As a Body Nerd Show listener, you can save 50% off when you use the code MASTERY at mobilitytoolkit.co. That's right. Use the code MASTERY, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y at mobilitytoolkit.co. And then keep me posted how it goes. And I don't know either, like what is the fix? I don't think there's a quick fix. I don't think that like, not everyone needs to be able to like read research and like be on PubMed all the time and like figuring stuff Mm -hmm. out. Cause I don't think, you know, that extreme works as well. And I also don't think that everybody needs to become, you know, uh, an anatomist and understand the, you know, human biology or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But like, where do we begin? (laughs) Like educating ourselves. Yeah, I think the the problem I think is that so many people are searching for the right way. 
Mm. the singular right way. And I think that's where all the issues stem from. I think Mm -hmm. everyone feels like we need to find this magical diet that everyone can follow and then we can all live kind of forever, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think as soon as as we start kind of really getting the message across to people that like the way that I eat, that'd be perfect for me, would be awful for you, for example, like you just wouldn't feel good. And as soon as we start realizing that nutrition does need to be kind of completely independent of the person, that's, I think, when when change will really happen. But once again, selling that to millions of people is challenging. So yeah, by absolutely all means, like read the research, find out what the kind of general consensus is, but then use that to lead what also feels right for you. Like it should be evidence-led, not just completely evidence-based, right? With the way that you eat. Like for example, I am lactose and egg intolerant, for example. Uh, So if I I was eating the perfect diet, I'd probably have some dairy products, maybe eggs, like healthy fats and stuff in there. Like it it just wouldn't work for me. I'd feel Mm -hmm. awful. So you you really do need to just kind of dissect the information that's out there. Think, okay, maybe eating more fruits and vegetables is good. Maybe focusing on kind of seafood or healthy fats or whatever it is, is probably a good option. But then just using that within the confines of what feels right for you. As I said, that's, that's really difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much like, it's almost like people look down upon like, oh, it's just, just you, you know, N of one, like that doesn't mean anything. And it's like, yeah, but also again, like your lived experience and how it feels for you matters. Like, for example, I post about uh, blue blockers on TikTok all the time and I have a pair of blue blockers and there is not really any definitive science that says blue blockers work, but I'm like, I don't know, like maybe it's just like blocking some light. It feels fine for me. It's not hurting me. Who cares? My comments are filled with people who are like, it solved my migraines. And I'm like, cool. That's so awesome. I'm happy that you found something that worked for you. Because again, I think that, yeah, the N of one and what works for you. And also what you said too, about finding like the best thing for you. And it's like, no, like, you know, I'm navigating health issues for myself right now. And and it's just like, what's that next best step? Mm-hmm. And let me just check off that box. And then from there, then I have my flow chart. It's not like you get from A to Z right away. It's like, no, there's like 9,000 stops in between with some mm-hmm. left turns and maybe we're going to go back and that's okay. Like the quick fix doesn't exist. And I think that's probably what we're all seeking. <laughs> It's, it's so true. And it's this message that I always bang on about. So like straight away when people want to improve their diet, like, right, what can I cut out for this me to get this kind of perfect diet? And if you start with the whole kind of ad don't restrict approach, I'm sure you've, you've mentioned this before, and it's just such a like a game changing approach to nutrition, right? Like as soon as mm-hmm. people want to improve their health, they want to improve their nutrition, they think, right, what can I cut out? Instantly, it's like this really negative experience and it starts from really like a negative place. Whereas if you can mm-hmm. say like, right, this is what my diet looks like now, what can I add into it to improve it and if you start from that point it's just so much easier so much more positive you build a healthier relationship with food rather than kind of thinking about restriction all of the time so yeah like that might be I'm not drinking enough water as soon as you become properly hydrated digestive system works better sleep gets better energy gets better concentration gets better you know like if you're lacking in vegetables because you've been following a carnivore diet for too long. <laughs> like the amount of, you'll feel so much better. Digestive system will work better. You'll have more nutrients within your body. You'll just, everything will feel better. So if you just start focusing with that, like, right, analyze what you're eating, what would improve it, add that in. Start there and you just can't go wrong. Yeah. And also to your point as well, like one thing at a time is mm. good enough. It doesn't need to be yeah. like all or nothing, which is so... 
I feel like the the rally cry of the fitness industry is very all or nothing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you. I'm an overachiever perfectionist, which is why I feel like I'm really fit in here. Um, <laughs> and it's been so challenging to be like, yeah, this is okay. And this is good enough because it's just today. This isn't like my whole life isn't determined by this one meal that I eat or this one workout that I did or didn't do. There's like a bigger picture to it all. Yeah. There's so much more flexibility. I I wish people realized how much flexibility you can have in the way that you eat and the way that you exercise and still make amazing progress. Um, Unfortunately, so many people will have a slip up on one day and that will then spiral into a week or a month because they think, what's the point? I've completely ruined it. Whereas you could exercise two, three times a week, pretty mediocrely. But if you do that long-term for years, <laughs> like that's solid, that's a solid amount of exercise. Um, you may find your nutrition is kind of good four or five days a week, a couple of days a week, it might kind of go a little bit to crap. Like that's still four or five days a week. You're eating really good, healthy food. Like that's a solid diet approach. Like I think um, if people stop beating themselves up and stop thinking in absolutes, just the fitness industry probably would cave in because it wouldn't be able to cope with people having actual balance. But I just think people just be so much healthier and happier. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't body shaming us all, how would it exist? (laughs) So true. Yeah. So true. Like I just, I just wish more personal trainers would find a way to advertise their services without making people feel really they may feel really shit about themselves. And it's just, um, you can have a successful, viable, thriving business by making people feel good about themselves, not making them feel crap. And then they buy into your services because you've made them feel really bad about their bodies. Like I I just wish more coaches started doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I just think from when you start training as a personal trainer, like the way you're told to sell your services and speak to people, is just like exploiting what might not feel good for them and then like diving in on it. Um, And it's just really toxic. And I wish it would change, but I, I can't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I feel like too, that's just marketing in general is like picking at people's weaknesses and, you know, their pain points and all of that. And I'm happy to have seen more people, yourself included on the internet who are like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. But Mm -hmm. I still think the algorithm across all platforms favors like outrage and (laughs) really hot takes <laughs> like the carnivore types bananas you know and so it's like we are staying true to what is actually beneficial and helpful for people but then mm-hmm. you're doing it in a public forum that's like no we don't care and it's hard so it's really hard to like stay the course it's it's so tough and it's why my videos where i'm calling people out for lying do way better than me trying to tell people how to eat well <laughs> unless <laughs> i'm dressed in a ridiculous costume or do something ridiculous on camera like it's it is really frustrating but um yeah i don't know what the answer is unfortunately we need to start a personal training coaching business we need our quick fix right now <laughs> yeah i know it's yeah i honestly i, I wish i had the answer but i don't unfortunately No, I don't think there is. And I think too, like for non-fitness professionals, like you said, finding people who you trust, who are able to say it depends. And also too, I think something that just came to mind is who are willing to change their mind Mm. when different evidence is supported. Like the doubling down is like 16 red flags for me. I'm like, no, 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 no. And so if ever there, you know, is a conflict or something like that, and if the person just digs their heels in, to me, that's just like, I'm going to just unfollow and see myself out of here. It's so true. It's so true. And I, 
like any good practitioner should want to improve their practice, right? Like you can just, if, if anyone goes onto my page and scrolls back like a few years, if you're really bored, <laughs> um, you'll see that the way that I approach my coaching and my messaging now has completely changed in the last few years because I've looked to the research on kind of ways certain uh, fitness industry practices impact people. I've looked at the way my wording impacts people. Like I, I, every time I create a post, if someone comes in criticizing it, I'm like, that's fine. Like show me where I'm wrong. And I would love to improve my practice. Unfortunately, a lot of the time though, trolls aren't there to help improve your practice. No. They're just trying to make you feel awful about yes. the way you look or yes. the way that you speak or <laughs> the way that you act. Um, so yeah, I, I think, yeah, unfortunately so many people are just not willing to, um, take on board positive criticism. Um, but I would love it. Like it helped me become a better coach. I'm, I'm game for that. But, uh, yeah, sadly it doesn't usually happen no. from horrible people on the internet. You know. Uh, the internet, they're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also something to consider is that like the big accounts that you see, these are people who are willing to put up with the very mean people on the internet and like have a thick skin. And if it weren't for therapy, like I would not be here. <laughs> It's it's funny, isn't it? I've I've spoken to a few friends about this actually recently, where we're kind of striving to grow our account to reach more people to help people have a positive experience when it comes to exercising or eating better. But you know that by doing that, your mental health is going to get worse. It's, it's like a really weird <laughs> paradox there, where mm-hmm. um, I, I completely understand why some people like bow out once their accounts get quite big because of the stick they get. It can be brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, so some of the comments I'm pretty thick skinned and most of them I'm like oh that's funny like they're probably just not feeling that great about themselves and lashing out but sometimes there's a comment and you're like Oof, that one hurt I know <laughs> and then of course you spend yep. two days thinking about the mean comment <laughs> there's like a bunch of yeah. comments that are not mean but like no no I'm definitely spiraling you know I was just yeah. thinking of um I watched the Beyonce movie recently I loved it of course I saw yeah. it twice <laughs> Um, and I'm like, listen, Beyonce, she's not posting to her social media. She's definitely not reading these comments because there was this whole part about um, her daughter, Blue Ivy, who wanted to go on stage and perform with her on her tour. And she was just like, if you work really hard, I'll let you come out one night. She's 11, by the way. She comes out. She does the dance. Right. And it's like an 11 year old dancing. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. I thought she was awesome. Yeah. I thought she, I was she like, nailed it. I'm yeah. not on stage in front of like 40,000 people. Like this yeah. is fantastic. If Beyonce called me up, I would have looked way worse than she did. <laughs> oh my God, totally. And I guess Blue got her hands on social media somehow, which I imagine she doesn't have access to normally, which I was like, wow, what a healthy relationship with the internet yeah, for right. a child. So whenever I like see these really mean comments, I'm like, look, Beyonce is not reading her comments either. I don't need to read every one of these comments. Like, <laughs> moving on, we can still put out good things and help people without having to read all of the comments. But yeah, that's that's a, a skill I have yet to refine. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like, I think if you're kind of like an empathetic, caring person, like it's impossible to ever kind of detach yourself fully <sighs> from it. Like, those comments are always going to have an impact. Um, I just feel like you need to get support network and a way of approaching it that that is healthy um but yeah like when those accounts like the video you spoke about with the cyclist at the start of this Mm -hmm. video it's i think it's like three and a half million views or something so when it gets when videos start gaining traction like that comment notifications get turned off like I just leave it like sometimes I'll maybe jump in there and see if people are still arguing amongst themselves but I just I cut ties with it just because I know that nothing positive is going to come from me constantly looking through the comments of those posts 
Yeah. I remember when I first started posting on TikTok and I think this was like 2021, mm-hmm. it kind of just like blew up right away. And I had like 300,000 followers in like a few month period. And I messaged another account and she's more in like the business social media space and has, you know, large followings on every platform. I was like, how do you keep up with all the comments? Like, I just, I, it's too much. She's like, I don't. And I was like, wait, that's an option? <laughs> like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like being on social media has really taught me boundaries and challenged my boundaries in all the best ways possible. And then to apply those to personal relationships is like a whole nother chapter. <laughs> like we're working on that too. Yeah, it's tough. I know. Like I, I only have a kind of a semi-largish following on one platform. The, the thought of kind of managing that on like three or four at the same time no idea no. how you'd cope with that this is no why idea. beyonce doesn't post on social media <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there I, we go the moral of this story yeah. is copy beyonce do, as always like, what would beyonce do <laughs> yeah what would beyonce do <laughs> well you know the other thing back to our conversation as well a little bit more relevant i'm thinking of something that's you know as a, we're recording this really in the news right now is oprah and her admittance of using um, weight loss drugs which is like fine Oprah can do whatever she wants and like it's her Mm. body and that's totally fine. And the way people are like railing on her for that and like that's a whole big conversation. And then you just, again, like from an empathetic standpoint, you're like, man, her weight has been a topic of conversation in the public for like ever. And Mm. then she even bought a company and it's it's just like you can't win and people are going to be so mad about everything all the time anyways. It's so true. You can't win. And I think you also have to, uh, the the Azempec chat, we could spend about an hour just chatting about the implications <laughs> of the Azempec next craze time, right next now. Next time. Yeah, next time we'll do it. But you, I mean, she's someone who's been in the public eye for so long. The amount of criticism and critique and like everything she does should be under. Of course, she's going to think about the way that she looks more than the everyday person. Like Absolutely. that also plays into its part of, of why she went down that route. Obviously, we can then talk about kind of access to drugs. People that are diabetic won't have access to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. what's the follow-up everyday person using it the risks the dangers blah 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 like it could be a long discussion but yeah I, I think it's really dangerous when people start kind of critiquing an individual person on using a certain approach when they don't know anything really about that person's right life going on behind the scenes <laughs> I know like Oprah puts a lot of her life out there but you don't know what's going on with Oprah's health and well-being like I just think it's better just to leave it but once again, the internet likes to jump on it and, and have a go at people. <laughs> Does they not have an opinion about something? I know. <laughs> you can swipe on by. Do people realize this? No, Literally, if go. you don't like a post, just keep going. Just like, keep going. Unfollow. Yeah. Instant unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've offered something similar to this and like it, it never does well of just like, let's teach you how to read research for the lay person to even just be like somewhat critical. But even then, like majority of the research that you find, unless you're looking for like a review study that's like looking at a bunch of different studies, they're like, we sampled 80 men in Japan for this. And you're like, cool, but like, how does that apply to everybody else? Mm -hmm. So again, back to your point, I think like, you know, N of one and like what your experiences as an individual matters and science is great. It also is usually like behind what we're already doing because you have to know what you're going to find before you even get money to pay for your research. It's so true. I don't know. How do we teach people how to read science? (laughs) I 
I just, I, I think a lot of people just won't want to, unfortunately. It's like when you hear these things of when people are like, oh, why didn't they teach us this in school? It's yeah. like, because you just wouldn't have cared when <laughs> yeah. you were in school. Like, no one's going to have paid attention. So, yeah, I think it's difficult. Like, there's always things you can look out for if people are interested in knowing how to read research. But I think putting the burden on everyday people to start delving into research papers to see what's right and wrong is just never, ever going to be a viable option. Mm-hmm. I just think we need general, better regulations in terms of who can be giving advice on fitness and nutrition. But the beast is just too big now. Like there's no mm-hmm. way of um, kind of putting it back in its box and getting any decent regulation on it. So so I think that kind of messaging, as I said, of like latching onto people you trust, like reach out to those. Like I, uh, my DMs are open. Like if you have a question, send it to me. I will happily talk about a research paper. I'm a nerd. I love talking <laughs> about this. Like if you're struggling, reach out to yourself, for example. Like we, we like helping people. Mm-hmm. Like find the people that you trust ask them questions. And then the more you do it, you'll, you'll learn to find your feet with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I knew you were a nerd. The minute this conversation started, I was like, I'm with my people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is called the body I nerd know. show. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like I always have to like rein it in. I'll write a post sometimes and I'm like, Oh, no one cares about that. It's only me. Like delete, delete, delete. <laughs> You're like, and then I put on my bluey jumper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have to go back to his account and find this post with the coolest jumper. I guess that's my next question is how often do you watch Bluey? <laughs> I, uh, I'm not lying here. At, at least three episodes a day. Three I'd say at least three episodes oh, a day. Man. Yeah. I feel like so I'm missing my, out. <laughs> I have, have you ever watched it before? No, I just hear about people talking about like the life lessons they've learned from Bluey and like getting really emotional over Bluey. And <laughs> Honestly, my son has fallen asleep napping and I'll carry on watching it. Like it's a really, really good show. So I'm currently learning Spanish at the moment and I put it into Spanish as well. So oh, I yeah. can kind of help because the language is usually quite basic because right, it's a kid's right. show. Um, so it kind of helps me learn Spanish too. So it's, um, I, I watch a lot of Bluey. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I got no shame. It's great. <laughs> All right. So takeaways from today is watch Bluey. What would Beyonce do? And <laughs> red flag detectors. <laughs> there we go. Done. Tick. We have solved it. All, all the problems. It's yeah. absolutely done. Well, I definitely think this conversation is not complete because I do think talking about Ozempic and weight loss drugs would be fascinating just because it is so in the news. And I also don't think like they're not going anywhere. It's sort of like AI. People are like, oh, I don't want to use AI. I'm like, look, AI is not going anywhere. You might as well learn how to utilize this tool. So it's it's so true. It's yeah, it's yeah, we won't talk about it today. It could go on for a while, but it it's it's such an interesting topic for so many reasons. Um I think a lot of people are too quick to kind of sit in both camps of criticize it and also fully back it. Um I think there's definitely middle ground that could be had. But yeah, it's it's complex. But I, I like nuance out on it, so. and like not I know, extremes. right? <laughs> yeah. Never, never, never. It, it depends. It depends. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I need to get a shirt that just says it depends across the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. It's coming to my TikTok shop next week. <laughs> well, Michael, where can people find you on the internet and come hang out? Mostly on Instagram. We briefly spoke before this episode and uh, I'm being told off for not using TikTok enough. So I'm going to be using TikTok. <laughs> I was really nice, you guys. <laughs> you were, you were, you were very polite. Thank you. Uh, it was a kind of a, a gentle nudge in the right direction. So yeah, mostly on Instagram and it's just um, my name, Michael Ujoa PT. And that's also on threads. If people are using threads, it's on Twitter as well, but that's, I feel like, I feel a bit bad being on Twitter now because it's just like a toxic cesspool on there. But yeah, mostly kind of Instagram and TikTok. 
And then my website is michaelegeo.com if you're interested in coaching. And I'm launching a kind of fitness subscription group at the start of the year as well called Get Fit with Michael. And that's just getfitwithmichael.com. Okay, awesome. And I will put all of these links into the show notes so everyone can have those at the ready. But thank you so much for spending time with us. And I can't wait to chat more. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, I told you that that episode was going to be super, super fun. Even when I was watching back our clips, I too was laughing. I was just like, we are ridiculous. So if you want to have Michael back on the show, let me know what we should talk about. So send me a DM. You can find me on Instagram at Holla or you can find me on TikTok at AE Wellness, or you can leave a voice message on the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501. And let me know what we should ask Michael for our next podcast conversation. Don't forget that show notes, fun links, all of Michael's links as well can be found in the show note description or by heading on over to aewellness.com slash podcast. And thank you for taking the time to subscribe, to review, or to share today's episode. I know it seems like such a simple, simple thing, but it really truly makes a difference. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to support the Body Nerd Show because I really, truly, honestly would not be here without the support that you give. So thanks for that. So here's to asking better questions, moving more, spotting nonsense on the internet, and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.